breakdown. What is up, everybody? My name is Andrew Jakubitz, and I'm your host of the Breakdown NBA podcast. Uh, I'm happy to be here for all of you. Uh, to give you a quick intro on what's going on, why you're even listening to this, um, the truth is we are the best NBA podcast. We're the only NBA podcast for the Breakdown Sports. Uh, the BreakdownSports.com, the website just got launched. We're going to be talking about everything from NBA news, betting lines, and any of our analysis that we see fit that we want to bring up that's hot in the streets right now. So that's a quick overview of what we're going to be talking about, what we're going to be doing here. Quick, real plug is you can find us on Twitter at the BRKDWN Sports. Uh, shoot us a follow. We're a good follow back here. We like to we like to talk to everybody. And now let's pass this on to our other co-hosts here. Uh, Alex, you're up first. Thanks, Andrew. My name is Alex Norton. I'm new to the breakdown, just like everyone else. Uh, happy to be here outside of the breakdown. Well, in the breakdown, I'll be writing about NBA, a little NFL, um, doing a lot of podcasting for you guys. So you'll get used to my voice, this velvety luxury. Outside of the podcast, I am a football scout for Sports Info Solutions. So I watch a ton of football more football than most people want to watch in their lifetime. I'll be offering a lot of insights on that, but the NBA is where my heart really lies. And I'm very excited to get to talking about basketball with you all. So now I'll kick it to Steven to introduce himself. Thanks, Alex. I'm uh, Steven Carlson. I'm just like everybody else. And like Alex said, new to the breakdown, college student for the breakdown, I'll be doing NBA, maybe a little bit of NFL, but also some golf, and I might touch on baseball just a little bit outside of the breakdown. It's I'm a sports management major, so pretty much anything that has to do with sports is what I'm trying to do. I mean, it's pretty much it. Not much to know, so I'll pass it to the last member of our team, Kelvin. What's up, guys? My name is Kelvin. New to the breakdown like everybody has said already. I'm a college student, third year communication major. And um, for the breakdown, I'm going to be working with podcasts with Alex and especially for the NBA and then do some writing for the NFL. Those are two kind of my favorite sports uh, that I've followed for, for years now. So yeah, outside of the breakdown, I go to school, love playing sports with friends, family, whatever, and uh, love talking about them. So this is awesome. I love doing podcasts. I hosted mine had one for a couple years now and so this is just up my alley and i can't wait to get going with you guys thanks for introducing yourselves everybody uh, i'll give my little quick elevator speech here uh andrew Jakubitz. uh i feel old now because i'm not in college i am a cpa in uh, milwaukee huge nba fan love the nfl as well i mean who can't with the packers uh and overall I'll be writing uh and doing these podcasts across the board really focusing mainly on nba i might try to dabble in some golf when we get going here and uh, i'm just excited to be a part of this and i hope everyone listening is as well so now that you got to know us a little bit, you know our voices, you know what we're doing here, let's dive into some topics. Big news kind of came out yesterday. Tom Thibodeau is out in Minnesota. They made the move after the win against the Lakers. And I'm going to toss this ball right over to Alex to get us started off to give us his thoughts on this. Does he like it? Does he not like it? Alex, what are you thinking? First off, it's really crazy that he got fired. It's kind of out of the blue. I actually was in the process of finishing up an article about Derrick Rose when this news broke. And we posted that on the Breakdown Sports soon after. So you got some fresh content about Minnesota right as the firing was going through. As far as Thibodeau, Thibodeau out, I I kind of like it and I kind of don't. I was I was always in Tibbs corner as far as, you know, bringing back the, the old bulls to Minnesota. I love that concept. And it clearly didn't work as far as, you know, being competitive in the West and working for Cat as a player. Um, I think they made the right move ultimately because his system was getting a little antiquated and he didn't have the locker room. I feel bad for Derrick Rose because he's been blossoming. Check out that article. I kind of go into how Derrick Rose has made his comeback. And we'll also talk about him a little bit later. So I'll save a little bit of that. Bottom line is it's probably for the best of the franchise. Feel bad for Tibbs. Um, thoughts and prayers to him. It's probably for the best. 
What do you think, Stephen? Yeah, I mean, you never want to see a coach get fired midseason, but really, in Minnesota, I felt like it was about time. I don't, I don't see how much longer he could have stayed there with it being a good fit still. I mean, just like the way he likes to play his players, he likes to give his star players a ton of minutes every game. But with Cat and with Wiggins, it just that just didn't seem to be their game. Like they aren't the players that like to uh that like to necessarily play the whole game and try to get like a huge workload. And even when Cat was on the floor all the time, he just wasn't getting the same kind of shots that he needed. Like he'd be on the floor for forty two minutes. He'd get less than ten shots. He'd be like fourth or fifth on their team in just in shots. And he almost kind of felt like that was a little bit of a waste of time. So it definitely seems like uh, it seems like it's time for something new in Minnesota. And I think if they find the right guy, Minnesota still has the talent to be kind of middle, maybe almost towards the top of the West. Probably not this year, but maybe next year if they get the right guy. Yeah, I think it, I think it's interesting that you mentioned the talent because I think when when Thibodeau was there and they had that roster of, of Butler and Towns and. And Wiggins, I think we expected a lot out of him. They didn't fulfill those expectations. And I honestly thought he was going to go sooner than when they fired him. I thought he should have been gone before, but I'm sure he'll find a job. I mean, there's only 30 head coaches. Um, it's I'm sure somebody, somebody will be uh, needing his services. But I think it was time. I just wonder why they couldn't work something out with the amount of talent that was on that roster. That's what I think. To kind of round out the thoughts on everybody else here, I kind of agree with, I think, the majority here. I'm surprised this didn't happen earlier. I can't believe that he got through that whole Jimmy Butler debacle without any scar tissue, basically, outside of the way that everybody, I felt like, on the outside was looking in at him and kind of handled that whole situation. But, I mean, I got their stats pulled up, and Cat's averaging 33.8. Butler was averaging 36.1 minutes a game. Wiggins, 34. Covington, 34. And then Teague, 31. And then it's just a severe drop-off. I mean, this was a complaint about Thibodeau back on the Bulls. Doesn't know how to run a bench. He doesn't rotate. He leans on his starters, and he leans on them heavy. And that isn't good for players. I mean, it runs them ragged. It's 82 games in a season. you got to learn how to really rotate everybody out and get some good rotations going overall i can't believe that anybody thought bringing the timber bulls was good alex come on i dean like what they're all old i mean yes derrick rose is now coming into his own but when this was originally taking place he didn't look that great nobody really knew what was going to happen with him uh don't get me wrong i'm happy that he's doing well and i'm happy that uh you know things are going better and we'll get to that in just a second here but again i don't think that this is a surprise i know i've seen some reports from Woj that Hoiberg is looking to be potentially the next option as head coach or GM, which I think would be a good fit. I think he's talented and and could do something with this roster. Um, His time with Chicago, I think, is just an asterisk because there's no direction. Markkinen was out a majority of his time there, and you know there wasn't a lot to do with, uh, especially when you have Jabari Parker on your team. So I'll be interested to see how this uh, Timberwolves franchise kind of writes the ship here as they get some captains on that. Uh, front office, and then the head coaching spot. So it'll be fun to watch. But as we transition here, uh, we're going to snake draft this a little bit. Derrick Rose is kind of coming into his own. And we decided on this podcast, that we'd kind of pose the question, see what everybody was thinking here. Uh, is he an all-star? You know, is he, is he, is, can he be an all-star this year? And and I'm going to start this off, as I said, and that's, in my opinion, no. I don't, I don't think he's proven enough over a long period of time that he deserves an all-star spot in the West. I think that while it's awesome that he's kind of coming back into his own, he's kind of revered as a good player now, and you kind of expect more out of him while he's on the floor. I don't think he's done it for long enough to really maintain those stats and kind of keep everything going back into his MVP days and back to when he was an all-star. So I think that if he does it throughout the rest of the season, or I mean up into the all-star break throughout this season, and then in the next one, there's a potential for it. Uh, but this year, I think there's too many guys that have been playing too well this whole season in the West that are going to take spots over him. Um, he will get fan votes because there are a lot of Derrick Rose fans still out there. But I don't think that he deserves to be an all-star. Uh, Calvin, let's let's throw it down to you. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. I think he's going to be an all-star just because of the fans. I think every, every year or so, uh, we get this amazing feel-good story and all the fans vote for him and he ends up, you know, in the in the all-star game. And so we're kind of seeing that now with Dwayne Wade. It's kind of his last year in Miami, and and so he's getting a ton of votes as well. I think he's a, I think he's going to make it. Um, I think it's really good for the NBA that Derrick Rose is finally playing 
you know, better basketball than he has the last couple of years. And I know the injuries were a big issue, but watching Derrick Rose and, and especially when he had that 50 point game earlier this year, uh, this basketball season, I think it was just really good for the NBA. I think he's going to get an all-star. Uh, I think he's going to get into the game just because the fans and it's just because it's such a feel good story. I, I just don't see it. I, I don't know where you find a spot to take anybody else in the West out to put Derrick Rose in. Like, yeah, there's a fan vote, but there's a ton of people in the West that have huge fan followings like Steph Curry, Russell Westbrook, Clay Thompson, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, Paul George, James Harden. One of them's not going to get in just off regular votes alone. And I think any one of them is going to have more fan votes than Derrick Rose to get in this year. Like maybe if he hadn't had such a steep drop off after he got injured with the Bulls, then maybe if he had still been kind of like a consistent player that took the next step again this year, he could have gotten back into it. But this is more of like just like one good half of a season after having about like five to six seasons where he was almost just a non-factor. And I think if he can do it, like if he does it this year and then does it again next year, people there will be more people who turn back into like vocal Derrick Rose fans. It's just, I, I don't think it's there yet. It's, I think it's just going to take a little bit more time for him to get back to like all-star status. Alex, what's your thoughts on that? My thoughts on that are, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a quick second and say, and play the middle ground as well. No, his play hasn't been good enough to be an all-star, but if the fans vote him in, he's in. So I'm going to also take this time to make an official campaign to get him in like I said earlier, I wrote about Derrick Rose and his ascension this year. So I, I, I'm I'm pulling for him. As someone he played at the University of Memphis. I'm from Tennessee. So I I watched him as in high school while he was in college. So I'm always pulling for him. This season his his offensive rating and his defensive rating are both above his career averages. He's killing it in the offensive box score plus minus. It's at two point eight as of Sunday the sixth which is also the same as Carl Anthony Towns, which says a lot about um, Tibbs' offensive scheme. But it also says a lot about Derrick Rose. He's been playing 79% of his minutes at shooting guard this year, which is a drastic change from his usual play. And he's only started 34% of the games he's played in this season. So he's killing it with the, the very few minutes that he's getting and out of out of his natural position. So I think given his history... And given his his success so far this year, just give him a just for it being a feel good story. Put the man in, let him let him get a couple buckets in the All Star game and get his confidence back. He's only thirty; he still has a few years left. He's still working to get that next contract. So let him let him showcase his skills. Put him in the All Star game. I have the number here. He's second in voting after the first uh, votes were released. The first statement, I guess. And he's only behind Steph Curry when it comes to the guards in the West. Yeah, he's 117,000 above Harden, I believe. Yeah, and Westbrook. Fair enough. I, I, I can totally respect that. Alex, I think your whole spiel was just pandering to get page views on your article, but that's just me. It's fine. It's deserved. It was. It's well-written. It's good. But that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, question I want to pose to you guys quick, a little off the outline here. Does Derrick Rose continue with his resurgent, his uh, incline in his game without Tom Thibodeau there? Or do you think it declines now that he'll have to play in a completely different scheme and potentially lose some of that? I think it will decline because whoever comes in is not going to play him like Coach Tibbs played him. They're going to probably put him back at point. They're going to limit his minutes and make him do some things that he physically probably can't do. I foresee him being out a lot of games, some DMPs, coaches' decisions, also some injuries. I think he will end up having another significant injury that will put him out 15, 20 games after the All-Star break. And the injuries because of the new coach. Exactly. It's about how they're going to use him, the wear and tear in his body. He's going to have to do a lot, of, a lot more ISO, going to the basket mm-hmm. like he used to, crashing in, and he's going to hurt himself. All right, Stephen, Kelvin, any thoughts on, on that? Um, I mean, I, it'll probably be a little bit of an initial decline. So, like, I think I'll probably drop off just a little bit, but then he'll start to level out again once he starts to get comfortable in a new system. Because it's always going to 
being someone who's played in like a certain system that was successful for him for like a bunch of years, like because he played under Thibodeau in Chicago, played under Thibodeau in Minnesota, and both of the times that worked. It's just whenever he went somewhere else, took him a little bit of time to adjust, and when he couldn't adjust, that was when they cut his minutes, and he never got the chance to really make that comeback that he. So if if the new coach like stays with him and trusts him, then I think he could definitely. He won't have the same kind of season he was having so far, but he'll still have a good season in comparison to like his past few seasons. Yeah, I think I think he's gonna be. Uh, I think he's got to get used to the system, uh, the new system, whoever that coach may be. Uh, you know, like you guys have been saying, we don't know what they're gonna do with him, um, but I, I think we're finally starting to see the mentality that the old Derrick Rose had. He he kind of feels good about himself playing. He he feels healthy and I think just his new like his new mentality and how he's playing I think will will carry on to to play you know like like this even with a new coach um in the building so uh, I like the way he he looks the way he's moving and um I think we'll see we'll see a pretty good Derrick Rose for the next few years I like that take there Calvin I think that's a that's a very uh, good observation uh in kind of the interviews that Derek Rose has had where he's kind of getting he's getting a little bit more cocky you know a little bit more confident in himself but I think also his play of recent is also a proof of concept for himself where he's like okay I can do that again okay I can do this again and it's and it's gonna stick with him and I think you're right I think once he learns a new system I think it it'll level out I don't think he can obviously keep this incline as he can or as he did as he is right now but uh, he will level I think he'll be a solid player again which I think is good for basketball as we kind of talked about you know we just got done here kind of talking about a former MVP. Let's talk about this year's to be MVP. And the question wasn't posed, who is going to be the MVP? The question is posed, is Harden going to be the MVP? Or at least the, what do you guys think about that? So, uh, Kelvin, I think we're starting with you this round. Uh, is Harden the MVP this year? I can't put him, um, I can't put him over a couple people. I can't put him over Giannis right now. And I know uh, LeBron is hurt and I might get some, I might get some hate for this, but I can't put him over LeBron at the moment. He is on an unbelievable tear. He's on a r- ridiculous streak that he's got going on. And I don't even know the numbers. The numbers are crazy on what he's doing right now. But I just can't give it to him at the moment. Um, I think eventually it's going to die off. I mean, don't get me wrong. If he can continue this unbelievable streak, you know, anywhere close to it until the season finishes out, I'd say give it to him, especially wherever the Rockets finish. But I think it's going to die off eventually. But if he can keep it up, uh, sure, we can we can give it right back to him. He can go back to back, uh, but right now I can't put him there. The slow start kind of had me worried, and he's playing this good without CP3. When CP3 does come back, I'm kind of worried how that's going to mesh if his numbers are going to go down for sure. So uh, that that's my take on Harden. Not right now, but he's pretty darn close. Yeah, no this this is an easy question for me. There's no way this guy's going back to back for MVP. It's just it's just not going to happen. Like, everybody kind of wanted Giannis to be MVP last year a little bit. Like, people were starting to see what he could really do. And this season, after he took the next step again, and where he's brought the Bucks up to in the Eastern Conference, with, like, the East is still pretty top-heavy. Like, there's other good teams there with Toronto, Boston, Philly, Indy, and he has Milwaukee all the way in, like, first, second place in the East. And he's their star player like in Houston sure Harden's their star player too but you still got CP3 you still got really good players like Capella at center that he can just throw lobs to to help get stats like Giannis is doing all this maybe not necessarily by himself like Middleton's a good shooter Brogdon he's a good point guard Lopez has turned into a much better shooter than what I remember at least but still just Everything Giannis does on the floor, I don't see any player that's more valuable to their team right now, or probably at all during this season, than Giannis. And I really don't think Harden's going to catch him, especially after CP3 starts to come back and starts to control the ball a little bit more. Yeah, those are all great points. As far as my take on it, I think uh, there's been a lot of chatter, especially as of late, of Harden's big run, that this year's Harden is better than uh, unanimous Steph. And to those people, I want to say, calm down. And this is a blatant example of recency bias, whereas you're seeing Harden doing all this stuff and you think like he's he's the best who's ever done it. 
not really, but you know, just to add on to the hyperbole. Far as for me, I wrote about this a couple weeks ago, not on the breakdown, so I won't plug it. Uh, about Giannis, and it's his, it's his, it's his uh, MVP to lose. He's going to be the best player on one of the best teams in the East, and he's playing at a level that he has upped his production. This is going to be, it's going to be great. It's going to be a close race. I don't think Giannis is going to run away with it. It's going to be like that. Um, the year, year a couple years ago when Westbrook won it off of his triple doubles versus Harden. Um, I think Harden is going to lose out again. Side note, in that year, Harden was my MVP anyway because I think Russell Westbrook is a stat chaser. But we're not going to get into that. Um, basically, Giannis is our, this year's MVP um, until he loses it. And but Harden will have a strong case. All right, so you guys saved the Bucks fan for last, which was probably smart because I'm going to say the exact same thing. But this is Giannis's MVP year, <laughs> and it has nothing to do uh, with the other competitors. I think you know Harden is playing great, uh, and Steph is playing great. Uh, LeBron is doing a lot with a little in LA. We'll get into here in a minute. But Giannis on the floor makes everybody better, and that's exactly what we used to say about LeBron back when he was on that tear of just finals and. Harden is a lot of, to me, it's, he's just a points per game guy. He's a high volume shooter and he averages 33.7 points per game. The next highest person on that is 17.2 right now with Clint Capella. So he's kind of putting up a lot of points. He's an offensive on an offensive tear right now because either he doesn't trust anybody else to do it or nobody else can do it on that Rockets team. And he's kind of putting the team on his back, which I respect, but that's only one aspect to a game. And you can't only have one thing and get MVP, especially when your team is middle of the board in the West, uh, when you were so close to getting into the NBA Finals last year. Um, The drop down has been pretty far for the Rockets this year, and obviously they're climbing their way back on the heels of this run by James Harden. But I agree with everything that's been said. I don't want to reiterate too many points. Uh, But overall, I think that if you watch – Bucks basketball, it, it just proves to you that Giannis is the MVP. And I think that's going to be one of the issues that we have with him winning it is that everybody who's like looking at it and everybody who thinks who's going to win doesn't watch Milwaukee basketball. And I get it. It's a small market. The, not, nobody's used to the Bucks being good. Um, I'm still not. And I've been a Bucks fan for many years. So it, it'll be interesting to see as it comes down. But I agree with everybody. I think this is Giannis's year, uh, which is awesome. But Let's talk about, let's transition this, as I kind of said, to the Lakers. Questions posed to all of us is, are they in trouble? You know, they were on a little bit of a upswing. They were coming back. LeBron was looking good. And then he gets a little injured, and now they're losing again. And uh, I'll start this one off here, guys. Don't worry. I'll, I'll lead us to, to the victory land here. Uh, and it's, they're not in trouble. I mean, I, I don't understand why people are even worried. It's... This was never supposed to be a year that the Lakers made a run. They got a lot of decent role players on expiring deals to look into next season. Uh, you know, this was just, let's get to LeBron to LA. Let's keep him here for a year. He can go make a movie, whatever. He wanted to play in the playoffs. And then next year we're making a run at an Anthony Davis, a Kawhi Leonard, a PG-13. You know, anybody else that's going to be available and they're going to try to bring Showtime back to the Lakers. And I got that. I was I, I understood the plan after everything all kind of settled. Now that they go on a little bit of a run, they got some wins, they're on the board again in the West to make the playoffs, and everybody's thinking, oh, LeBron's back, LeBron's going to take it from the Warriors. No, that's just not what's going to happen. If you're telling me that Lonzo Ball and LeBron are going to make a run to the NBA Finals right now, you are insane. And please give me whatever you're smoking, because that's just crazy. So I don't think they're in trouble. I think that this is kind of what we expected. I think I want to hear from everybody else, because I don't understand why anybody would think that they're in trouble or why there was any trouble that even be had in LA. I don't think there are any trouble at all. I'm I'm a Lakers guy. I'm a LeBron guy. Uh, But even outside of that, like you said, this was not a year that people expected them to win the NBA Finals. They didn't even expect them to make it, make it even to the second round of the playoffs, especially with that roster. But if you look at the roster right now, they are completely, I mean, they're they're so injured all over the place. First, obviously, LeBron. Kuzma's got issues. McGee's got issues. They got other guys in there that are banged up. And so put that into perspective, they, they'll be okay. Uh, LeBron may only be out for a, another week is what I've seen. And when the whole team is healthy, they've been six and two, so I think they're going to be fine. They have, I don't think they have anything to worry about. Um, obviously, there's expectations when a guy like LeBron James joins your team. It doesn't matter who you are. The guy's been to eight straight finals, so there's there's a level of expectation. 
Um, but I think Laker fans can cannot worry that, that everything is going to be okay. This LeBron injury isn't a massive injury that's going to derail his career. And so if he can if he can get them back rolling and they can finish fifth or sixth, um, I think the Lakers will be perfectly fine. See, this is the first time I really disagree with you guys. The Lakers are for sure in trouble right now. If their younger players keep progressing as slowly as they've been progressing right now, like sure, Kuzma's a lot better than what anybody thought he would be. But Lonzo's shot is still iffy. Ingram, I haven't seen be consistent from outside or really put on the weight people thought he was going to put on when he entered the league. JaVale's an older center. Uh, Tyson Chandler's an older center. LeBron's an older player. Even if they do go out and get another one of these max guys in free agency, at some point they're going to start losing their young pieces because they just don't have the money to pay every single person. It, unless these guys all take big steps over the next year or two, I don't see where they move from a middle of the West team to a top of the West team that has a real chance to compete for a championship. Because there's other younger teams that don't have to pay these like max contracts right now where their players are improving more rapidly than the Lakers players. And these are teams that, even though the names might not be as big of names as the players that the Lakers have, are going to pass the Lakers within the next couple of years. Sure. Alex, you want to you give your piece, and then I actually want to jump back in on what Steven said. Okay, so to preface this, I am a Lakers fan, which is why I wanted to go last. And secondly, I actually wrote about their woes, which will probably drop on the breakdown probably tomorrow. So check that out. Plug. Yes, another plug. Just, <laughs> just call me the plug. Here's the thing about the Lakers. To answer the question directly, no, they're not in trouble. But to answer the question indirectly, yes, they are in trouble. Mostly because of what Steven said. There is not enough development and frankly sense of urgency in the in the young core they are they are not playing well enough without lebron and it's very clear that they're relying on him it's basically the lebron james effect that he that happens to pretty much every team he's ever been on i'm just gonna throw uh since lebron has been out i'm just gonna throw the different the percent difference of some of their some of their um statistics offensive rating down nine percent Assist-to-turnover ratio, down 11%. Effective field goal percentage, down 9%. To converse that, their pace is up 4%. So that means they're playing the exact same style, but they're not being as effective. And that lends to just a lack of confidence. And they need to find a way to light the fire under themselves so that they can be on this team past the trade deadline. Because if you think that Magic and Palenka are going to let this continue to slide, for I mean, LeBron's probably going to be out more, maybe two or three more games. But after that, there's going to be a re a, a period where he has to get back into the game, and that's going to be another couple losses, and then that's going to put us at tenth or eleventh in the West, and we're going to have to make a, a strong run from All Star break on to get back up to that top four seat so we can host some playoff games. So if you think that Magic and Palenka are going to let that fourth seat slide and not make some move because they can kind of see that we might be able to make a run, then you're kind of, you're, you got your head in the sand because they're, they may not have their long-term, long-term goal was may not to win this year, but if they have a shot, they're going to take. And so these young guys have to step up and play better in the moments that LeBron isn't around so they can prove that they are worthy of being on the team with LeBron when he's there and in the playoffs and when the lights are as bright as they can ever be. No, I think that's a good description. I think that's a good way to answer that question, from, a, especially from your perspective, being a Lakers fan and kind of understanding a little bit more in-depth on what they're looking for. But I have to say you're wrong. But that's just me. <laughs> it's just obviously joking around from me. But, I mean, if you look at this team, there's no second banana for LeBron. And every time we've seen that, especially go back to the Cleveland days and his young days, that team was garbage with him not on that. And there were some young guys. Granted, there was not a lot of talent on that team, but they as soon as they fell off. But if you look at the Miami Heat roster when there was a couple other bananas for him to play with in um, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh, you had guys on there that came down to play for cheap. Ray Allen came out, you know, Mario Chalmers. What has he done since that team? Like, I came, Mike Miller. Like, there were just guys on there that were literally just to be there to role, 
just there to be role players. And that's what you're going to see a lot of people come to LA to do because they're going to get another star. They're going to get a Kawhi. They're going to get Anthony Davis. And once you kind of get those two guys, you can, you can really fill out a roster. This isn't trying to get people to come to Cleveland either. This is just getting people to come to LA for a discount to win a ring with LeBron and AD or LeBron and Kawhi. So I think that my only thing with this season is that don't pull the classic Bucks move of like, oh, we're in the playoffs. We have to try to make a run. Whereas like maybe sitting some guys or just working on certain things is more important if you're looking ahead to the future. Uh, I don't want to say the process or even own the future, but if it's next season, it may make more sense instead of trying to take a deep run in probably the last, I don't know, five, 10 years, maybe of LeBron's career, if that, um, to make a deep run into a playoffs when it might be all for naught. But that's just me. I don't know if you guys have anything to come back and say to that. I'd be very interested from a couple of Lakers. Sorry, I think Alex was right. Um, I don't think Magic and, and Palinka are going to look around and just you know, watch the playoffs just slowly go into the distance. I know a lot of people, like we said at the beginning, they, they didn't think that they were going to make the playoffs or, or make a run at a championship. You know, with LeBron comes the expectations, like we said. I think they are they are prized to make a move at some point. I think they're just waiting for the time, but I don't think they're going to let the playoffs slip away, much less the top four seed to host playoff games because playoffs back in the in Staples Center is, you know, it's awesome for the NBA. Um, that's that, Those are my thoughts. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and jump in and say that it's just the the franchise's nature to make those aggressive moves when they can smell blood in the water. I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't even know if they are gonna do it. They might be a little bit more patient this year, which which I would be fine with. But I mean, today I saw I saw um, rumors that the Sixers are <laughs> shopping Jimmy Butler. Yeah, that <laughs> you tell me that. You tell me that you don't think that the Lakers would make a move at Jimmy Butler if they thought it could mean making a run. I wasn't necessarily laughing at that. I'm laughing at the Sixers already shopping Jimmy Butler. It's like, what, a month in? <laughs> Two months? Yeah, it's been weeks, actually. Okay, weeks. there you go. See? <laughs> yeah, that, that is hilarious. But if he's available, Palenka's going to make a call. And who's gonna? who are the Sixers going to ask for? Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Josh Hart. So they got to step up or else they're not going to be on the team anymore. Yeah. I mean, outside of Jimmy B, who do you guys think that they would make a move for? I think they have do have a lot of good trade pieces for some teams with all those expirings that they have. So they can obviously free up a lot of cap space for teams in the NBA. But who, like, if they're going to make a run, if they're going to do it, obviously, I, I don't think it's Jimmy B, but maybe. But like, if they're, if somebody's available, like, do they go for a Bradley Beal, a Kemba? What are they looking for? Um, I love that Kemba um, idea. It's really tough because I would hate to, I honestly don't want them to trade in season because that screws up the cap Mm -hmm. summer. I personally think we should go hard after Boogie Cousins and pair him with everybody who's already there and we can make a run. But yeah, I would love Kemba. Kemba would light a fire under that offense. He'd work perfectly with Luke Luke Walton's pace and space game. Jimmy Butler is kind of tangentially okay. Um, I don't like Butler's selfishness. I don't think he's good enough to warrant that much arrogance. Steven, Kelvin, what do you guys think? You can go ahead, Steven. Uh, I mean, I I definitely like the Kemba idea because they need they. I I guess Lonzo's kind of a true point guard, but he doesn't scare you enough offensively the same way Kemba would at point to free up space for other players. I also think. Because the Wizards, you still don't know. Like, are they trying to blow it up and start over? Or are they still trying to make it work with this team? Because if they're trying to blow it up, if you could get a trade for somewhat cheap for either Bradley Beal or John Wall, I think could both be really good pieces for the Lakers to try to go after if they don't have to give up as much as they would have to give up for, say, like a Kemba or somebody who's already been playing really well for their team. That might be like a face of the franchise already. Um. But I don't know. I definitely think they want to go after if if they make a trade in season, they probably want to go after like another guard or like another shooter because that's what LeBron needs around him. If you want to still build it around LeBron, even if you're getting more stars, like you want to get guys who can just shoot the three the same way, say those role players in Miami were like all those players are just really good three point shooters. 
And then, like, in the offseason, Boogie Cousins is a great idea. Just anybody who's still a little bit on the younger side who you could put in at the five and play as a center because I really still have no trust in JaVale. And, I mean, I did trust Tyson Chandler, but he's, what, like 37 now, 38? Like, he doesn't have very many years left, like, in the league. What about Zubats? What about Zubats? He's playing well, isn't he? Or am I, is, that just a, is that just a... Yeah, he's playing really great. Um, but he's young. He's still very young. I don't think he's even 20 yet. He's 21. I just checked it. 21. Okay, yeah. So he's 21. He's still very raw. Yeah. He's got a lot to... He's, he's not ready to be a starting center in the NBA right now. Definitely. Definitely not. And if he can play behind Boogie Cousins for a few years, that's even better. Yeah, I, I love the the Bradley Beal. I think that would be an amazing fit uh, with LeBron, kind of like a savvy veteran. He knows what he's doing. He's not going to make horrible decisions. He can shoot from pretty much anywhere. Um, I think he would fit very well with LeBron. I think the one guy they've got to go after, and I think, uh, Andrew, I think you mm-hmm. mentioned it, was Anthony Davis. I think Anthony Davis on that roster – puts him above everybody else when LeBron's healthy and everybody's healthy. Um, and that might be a stretch, but I think they are they are so much better than anybody else with Anthony Davis on that roster. Um, I would do anything and everything to get him. Sign the 401Ks over to him. I don't care what you do. Give him a key to the city, to Staples. I don't care what it is, but get him here because you can win chips with him. And then when LeBron decides to call it a career, it's Anthony Davis, it's LA, and I think it's a perfect right. fit. I like that. That's a good way to probably end this segment here. My only quick thought I had was uh, Kemba on there. It really reminds me of uh, the old days of just Kyrie and LeBron balling out in uh, in Cleveland. Um, but anyway, so I think that was a good, good talk on the Lakers. I think we got a little bit of takes from everybody on both sides. Uh, it was good discussions. But let's talk about the Western – let's stay in the Western Conference and talk about Western Conference Finals, who's coming out of the West um, – I wrote an little article uh, plug uh, on the breakdown about who's leading the West right now, and that's the Denver Nuggets. Uh, surprise, surprise, everybody. Uh, they're just smoking too much pot there, and they got first. Um, so our question was, is it a foregone conclusion that the Warriors are going to win the West? Is this the year that they essentially lose? Uh, and, Stephen, I believe we're starting off with you. Let's get your thoughts on this. Is it their year or is it not? This is, It's not their year anymore. Like, all these other young teams that people were waiting for to show up are finally starting to show up. So you got teams like the Nuggets, who are in first, with stars in both Jamal Murray, a point guard, and Nikola Jokic, who's a center, but can also still be their point guard and can do everything. Plus, like, Houston, they're always just going to be able to score with the Warriors. Like, James Harden, even though... Like, he's a great player still. Not the MVP, like we said before. But he can match what the Warriors do score for score. Just the same way he did it less than a week ago. Just going off and all, hitting all the clutch shots to keep Houston in that game, even without Chris Paul. That's just in the West. Like, I'm, I'm not 100% sold to even get out of the West and make it to the finals. But if they do and they have to face a team like a Boston that's just so deep with just talent everywhere. If if they get all their players to play together and play well to, together, I don't see another team with as much depth and talent even at like their eight, nine spots on the bench to match the Celtics for a whole game, let alone a whole series. Um, I mean, you haven't seen it yet, so you can't make that a foregone conclusion either that they get anywhere close to getting out of the East. But all I think all the top four teams in the East have a shot at the Warriors because you saw what Kawhi did with the Spurs. Like, sure, that's still the Spurs, and they got they're always just going to have a good offense that keeps games close. But Kawhi, more or less, still kind of single handedly kept them in that series against the Warriors before he got injured two years ago. And you got Milwaukee with Giannis and all their really good role players right now. It's just the Warriors are so good, it's tough for them to get better. Everybody else has continued to get better. Well, they've stayed closer to the same that they just got caught by everyone. 
And even though you still got all those big names, people aren't as afraid of them anymore because they know that they can play with them now. Before, they used to seem like all like the big bad warriors, like who's going to be able to beat them? Now you got a handful of teams that are like, well, we could get on the floor with them and we could beat them easily four out of seven times. So it's kind of like the mystique's gone a little bit and they seem a little bit more human than they used to. Yeah, Alex, before you get started, let me jump in. Uh, I want to get thoughts on everybody's here. Um, if it's not the Warriors, if it is the Warriors, who are you putting in the NBA Finals at the end of the season? Let's get some hot takes coming in first episode here. Uh, Alex, I'll hand it back to you here. First, I want to speak on the Warriors. My response to Steven and him saying that it's not a foregone conclusion or that the Warriors have lost it. That's just not the case. You got to, like, I, I as soon as you were saying that, I, I was thinking of Aaron Rodgers' quote when he was telling the Packers fans to relax because, like, when it comes when it comes down to it, the Warriors are still the Warriors. All the pieces that they need are still there, and they're still just as good as they have been the last three years. They have that special ability to lock in and just put 120 on you so easy. I don't think that we need to even worry about them until it's April, May, June, because no matter what's going on with that team, they have guys who are one of the greatest to ever do it in their respective skill sets. You got Curry, who's the best shooter there ever was. Clay, one of the best scorers who ever was. Durant, one of the best shooters and scorers that ever were. Draymond, one of the best stat sheet stuffers we've seen in a very long time. All of those guys are still there. They're going to be healthy when the playoffs roll around. They're going to turn, flip that switch, and they're going to beat whoever's in their way. That's just It's just that simple. And as far as my um, finals prediction, I think it's going to be Warriors. I said Celtics at the beginning of the season. It's looking like Giannis might take that from them, but I'm going to ride with Celtics for now. My thoughts, complete opposite of yours, Alex. Um, you're talking to a Packers fan. The year Aaron Rodgers said relax, it's 2014. You know what happened that year? We didn't win the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't do it. We got close, but we didn't do it. Um, so I think that while you are correct, I, I think that there is a lot to be said about this Warriors team. They're very talented. Um, to Steven's point, they haven't gotten better because I don't know how much better they could really get outside of really rounding out that bench just a bit more. Uh, but I think that you're going to see a lot of different things come up in this playoff time. I think there is going to be a switch flipped, but I think it's going to be on everybody else. Uh, to Steven's point, I completely agree. Everybody's got film on the Warriors now for how many years? They haven't changed up their scheme at all. They're still running the same thing. Uh, on top of that, they're getting beaten now and getting beaten fairly frequently compared to other Warriors years. So now teams are going to get confidence going up against them. Is it going to be different in a seven-game series? Yes. However, I still don't think it's their year. I think they come out of the West, but I think whoever comes out of the East is going to beat them because I think that the teams in the East, whoever it is, and I'm going to say top three, Milwaukee, Toronto, Celtics, I think they all match up really well against this Warriors team and can beat them in a seven-game series. So. I overall agree with most of what Steven said. Alex, I think you made a lot of great points, but I just feel like it it's like the year the Pistons won. Uh, it's just nobody thinks it's gonna, that anybody can beat them, and I think this is the year it's going to be it. Um, so I think my – I called Celtics coming out of the East, but ever since Bucks went 7-0, it's been Bucks in the in the finals. So it's going to be Warriors-Bucks, Bucks winning the NBA championship in Milwaukee, uh, hopefully game four, but I'll take game seven. Whoa, whoa, hold on. Four games? You- you all right? Talk hey, about I changed it to game seven. I can be a little bit of a Bucks fan. All right, <laughs> I gave out fair points on why I don't think the Warriors are going to win, and we were the streak stopper, twenty-four and one, baby. And that was a bad Bucks team. So imagine what a good Bucks team will do against them. We ran them out of the, we ran them out of the building in their house, and they had to really come in hot against us at the forum to beat us. So I think it's Warriors Bucks Bucks winning. All right, man. Calvin, round us out. What do you got? Interesting. Um, uh... You know, I'd, I'd be happy if that happened. I'd be happy for Giannis. So I might bike you up on that one. But for the Warriors, are they still the favorites? Sure. Is this going to be the last year we see that empire that they've built? Um, I think so. I kind of think it all depends on what Clay does, what's, what KD does in the offseason. But as when it comes to this year, um, 
if I had to bet money, I would put them in the finals. Um, but I think they have a lot of holes now that people have been able to expose. Like you said, um, Andrew, they are losing games that you don't think they should be losing. Maybe they're getting bored of the regular season. We kind of saw that with, with LeBron. I mean, the guy's been to eight straight finals. They've been to four. And, and so are they just getting bored? Are they just waiting for the postseason to start? Are we maybe seeing fatigue? Because, I mean, they're playing 100, 110 games while other teams are only playing 82 because they're not making it to the playoffs. And that far into the finals, late into June, is that now starting to catch up with them a little bit? Um, I don't know, but I, I, I read this stat that really blew my mind when it comes to maybe why they're uh, they're not as great as we thought they were going to be this year, you know, especially with that roster. Um, since Kevin Durant joined, when he scores 40 points or more, they are six and six. When Steph Curry scores 40 points or more, they're 12 and one. And I think that's really telling as to who the engine is on that team. And I don't know if Steve Kerr has kind of pushed it as like the main guy has got to be KD because he's the better player on that team. But I think they have to roll with Steph. And if they got to get him going first, it doesn't matter who else is on that roster because when he hits a three from 30 something feet, it does something differently to that team than when anybody else scores a bucket. And so I think if they're going to succeed and do what they got to do, they got to ride Steph. It's a luxury to have KD. It's nice. It's great to have him Um, because I think anybody in the world would want him. But I think you got to ride Steph, and that's how they can maybe fix a couple of these issues that they got going on. But if I had to bet my money, I'd put him in there. It wouldn't surprise me if they lost to somebody in the West. I think the Nuggets match up with them pretty well. Um, If Harden and CP3 can figure it out, they were six minutes away from the finals last year. So that's a different team, but, but you never know what could happen. As far as my finals pick... I'm going to put the Warriors in there, and um, I'm going with either Boston or Toronto. I'm a little unsure about both, but I think both of them can figure it out. Uh, Brad Stevens, I think, is you know outside of Pop, the best coach in basketball. So I think he'll figure that Celtics roster out just in time for the playoffs. Good takes there. Uh, Steven, who is your finals pick? We threw that in after your take, so what do you got? I don't feel like this should be a hot take, but I guess it is. I don't even have the Warriors getting to the finals. I. I think it's going to – I really think it's going to be Denver. Like, Denver's been building something for a long time, and they're they're almost a year early, kind of like just to throw it to, like, some other sports, like how the Cubs were a year early in 2015. Like how – who else? Like the Astros were kind of still a year early, like the first time they made a real playoff run. But this is, like, the same thing with the Nuggets. Like, they got all their pieces – but they're still waiting for players like Michael Porter Jr., who hasn't even played this year. So they were expecting next year to really be their year. I think this could be their year right now because you got everybody playing well. If they if they find a way somehow to hold on to the one seed, I don't see a team that really steals home court from them because it's so tough to beat the Nuggets in Denver right now. I don't see a team that goes in there and steals enough games to win a series over them. So I got Denver coming out of the West and I'm going to go with Boston. I, I just, I think I know Giannis is going to make it tough for Boston to beat them if they have to play them. But I think, I think Boston has too many good players that they just kind of like them as a collective unit just overpowers like, whatever Giannis does for Milwaukee and they get to the finals. And then I think, I think it's going to be Denver this year. I really like what they're building. I think they're going to win the championship. Yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily a hot take. Um, I think that's a good take. I mean, they're number one in the West. So I think it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see definitely come playoff time, what happens. And as we get into the finals, so we'll see how these hold up throughout the rest of the season. One quick point I want to make is who did beat the uh, Denver Nuggets at home on a back-to-back is the Milwaukee Bucks, but that's fine. Just putting that out there. Um, <laughs> so that was uh, for you listeners out there. Uh, you know, that was kind of our just going through some hot topics in the NBA right now. Uh, obviously, the first uh, podcast, we wanted to get a wide variety of things going on in the NBA um, and kind of go dive into a couple of uh, smaller issues and then get some high level stuff as we just got talk- done talking about the Warriors. So now we're going to turn to our segments section. Um, 
we are working on some names, so please forgive us if they aren't great or if they change in the future. Um, but first, one is cold or bold. So we got two guys that are coming in with some takes, and then I believe all of us are going to vote whether it's cold or it's a bold take. Um, Alex, you are up first. You're one of two. Hit us with that take. Russell Westbrook is holding back the Oklahoma City Thunder. I just think that if you look at Russell Westbrook's production, um, and then you also joint that with the Oklahoma City's production when he's out of the lineup, and then also join it with how Paul George has been playing despite a, despite Russell Westbrook, he really needs to take a back seat and be the number two guy behind Paul George. And I don't think he has that character. I don't think he has the ability to tone it down as far as his usage and the iso ball that he plays. And I think the Oklahoma City are going to thunder. Are the Oklahoma City Thunder are going to suffer for it? All right. So, cold or bold? We'll start from the bottom up. Kelvin, you're up first. Is that cold or is that a bold take? Uh, I like it. I think it's bold. Um, I think I, I don't think the way that Russell Westbrook. I don't like the way he plays basketball. I'm just going to go out there and say it. I don't. I don't know if it helps the team too much. Um, I think it's a bold take. I think uh, this year he's kind of let PG-13 kind of be the man, and I think that's the way it should be if they're going to be successful down the road. Bold take, in my opinion. All right, Steven? Yeah, I definitely – I think it's a bold take, too. I mean, he had to be that ISO player for a year, and it got him to where it got him, but that's – I think that's about as far as it would ever get them. And if the Thunder want to take the next step, he has to change the way he plays because as long as he's trying to control the ball almost all the time, it's it's going to hurt the Thunder at some point. Like, they're going to think it's good because it'll give them, like, a pretty good regular season record. But once you get to the playoffs, you're going to see, why, like, why and where it suffers. And it's just it's just not the best way to play basketball if you really want to win the important games. All right. Uh, I'll be – I guess I'm the one and only. That is a cold take. It doesn't – it also rhymes. It's an old take. I felt like this was something I'd been thinking about Russell Westbrook for a while. I feel like he's kind of been holding back some of the potential on some of those good Oklahoma City Thunder teams by the way he plays basketball. You know, we even looked back and Alex, you said he was a stat patter, which I think isn't anything new. So I, I, I feel like it's a cold take just because it's I feel like I've been seeing that for a while now back when Katie was on there. I always felt like Russell was kind of holding him back a little bit and kind of holding that team back a little bit. But oh I mean I think it's true, but I still think it's just a cold take. I think it's a little bit old. Fair enough. You you lost the vote, though. That's fine. That's fine. I'm still going to make my voice heard because I'm the host, so I have that <laughs> ability. Uh, <laughs> Steven, you are up next with the take. What do we got? I got the Knicks are going to be a top four team in the East by the 2020-2021 season. I got that because their core right now, if you look at it, is not really getting them wins, but they're not completely healthy either. If you put... Mitchell Robinson at center as just a defensive stopper, as a freak athlete who can block shots, almost like a Hassan Whiteside right now. Someone that can go for lobs and someone that'll be a great defensive player. You pair him with Porzingis in the front court once he gets healthy, if he can stay healthy, like that's a bona fide star player right there. And Kevin Knox has been developing as a rookie. And he's going to be a good, serviceable NBA player for a few years to come. And I absolutely love Alonzo Trier, their undrafted rookie. Like, everything he's been able to do already, just as, like, almost just like an extra draft pick for them. He's going to be, I don't know if he would necessarily end up being a starter, but even just as a scorer off the bench, that's another really good piece to have. And I still like their point guard. I still like uh, Tilakina, but I'm not sure. Even if he's just like an average point guard at best, that's going to be just fine because if they get a top three draft pick and they're able to get, say, an R.J. Barrett or like a Cam Reddish or like a Zion Williamson or anybody like that, you add them to that starting five plus Tim Hardaway Jr. and Trier coming off the bench – plus maybe a couple other role-player shooters. I I don't see another 
three to four teams that necessarily match that talent once they start to mature and start to get into like their prime years or even just like their better developmental years. All right, I'll start this one out um, and we'll go back down. So I think that this is a bold take. Um, I think it's not something I had really thought of. I'm not thinking about the Knicks future that much uh, just from an NBA perspective and um, you know my own personal perspective. But I think you made a lot of good points. I think it's very true. Um, it's hard to watch this team without Kristaps. It's pretty bad, but they're also, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, please, the youngest team in the NBA. Uh, sorry if I'm repeating something you said there, Stephen. Um, and it's Fizdale's first year, so I think there's a lot of upside and a lot of promise to that team going forward. So yeah, I think it's a bold take. I think I think it's a, I think it's actually a pretty good take. So Alex, you're up next. What do you got? Um, I think that's a bold take as well. I think it was well thought out, and you made your points very clear. I I have nothing to argue with you about. I think. I'm right on board. You've almost made me a, a believer of the Knicks. Not quite, but uh, keep trying. Maybe maybe someday. I think it's a bold take. Calvin, is this unanimous? Um, I, think it's a, I think it's a bold take, but I have a little caveat. I have a little asterisk. I think uh, it's a bold take if they can attract another a superstar to put next to Porzingis um, when he gets healthy. If KD comes to New York, if Kyrie comes to New York... Um, I think everything that you just laid out, Stephen, would work out, and then the, we'd see the Knicks again be the you know the, the powerhouse in the East. I think they can be a good team with just Porzingis, but I think uh, if they can attract another superstar and add everything else that you just said with all those pieces when they mature, I think that Knicks team could be pretty good for a long time. All right, there it is. Pretty much unanimous. Um, we'll call it that. So good take by Steven. Alex, I'm still not calling yours a good take because it wasn't unanimous. Uh, no, just messing with you, though. That was solid uh, take and definitely something to think about as the Thunder progresses in the West. Next segment we have, we like to call it the wish list. Uh, two of us brought a wish we would like for an NBA team. Uh, it doesn't have to be your favorite NBA team. It doesn't have to be a team you're necessarily a fan of. Steven, tell us your team. Maybe tell us why you picked that team and then tell us your wish. Um, well, with this being the first one, I got to go with my favorite, my hometown team. I got to go with the Bulls. They basically, they, they look almost kind of like a train wreck right now. It really hasn't been good. But what they need to do, what I really want to see them do, is just don't even really try it with this young team. Just trade Levine away. Try to get something, anything for Jabari Parker. And just stack draft picks. Like, find a way to just let Wendell Carter, uh, Lowry Markinen, and Chris Dunn be the pieces you want to keep. See what Chandler Hutchinson turns into. I'm still not really sure on him yet. I watched him in college just because I've always had a soft spot for Boise State. like to watch what they do. But I just need them to stop trading away their draft picks for players who they think are in their prime when it's not going to help us in the long run. Like, just go completely young, get a couple of really old veterans who more or less just sit on the bench and just be team leaders from the bench and in practice to help develop the young players. Because I like our front court. I like what Carter does. I like what marketing does. I like what Portis does sometimes. But... It's just we need to do something to where you can see, like, a clear future because right now I don't see it. It's like they're kind of in a mix of, like, do we want to try to do something to win now, even though clearly the talent isn't there to win now? Or do you really just give up some of your starters, get picks in the upcoming draft classes, which for the most part seem to be pretty strong draft classes. And if you can find a way to get multiple first-round picks in any of those draft classes, it could be a big step up if you draft correctly. But that's the one thing I'm really, really wishing for the Bulls to do, is just make a smart front office decision one time. Uh, well, you guys did just get Michael Carter-Williams, so... Uh, I don't know if that's good. <laughs> they cut up before uh, I don't mean the... Yeah, uh, I don't mean to pile it on. No, I'm just joking. Uh, no, I think that that's a good take, and I think it's a good wish. Uh, a lot of people in Chicago are um, thinking that right now, especially after what happened on Sunday. I won't bring it up, Stephen. I know it might affect you personally. The Bears losing. Um, 
So uh, my wish is next. I didn't know if does anybody else have anything to jump on about Stephen's wish, anything to talk on about that at all before I jump into mine. No, it's a good wish. Perfect. Uh, so my wish, I also went with my hometown team, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, it's it's a two-parter, I guess you could say. Um, one, my first wish is consistent three-point shooting like we saw uh, earlier in the season with guys kind of keeping a consistent three-point percentage. Um, we've seen Middleton hit some lows. Lopez just have like 0 for 12 games, and I would love to see some consistent shooting. Obviously now, I can't go out there and I can't make a player – shoot threes better, but what I can wish for is if we are not shooting well to maybe switch up the game plan or adjust something, uh, and that's what I hope to see Bud do throughout the rest of the season. Um, I hadn't seen it earlier. I think we're slowly starting to get some more adjustments throughout the games as he implements his system fully this year. Um, I think the best example of it was against Detroit a few games ago where the Bucks only took 27 three-pointers when they averaged 39.2 a game. So not only that, but they were hitting them very high at a high percentage. They were good open looks, and that's because they were getting to the basket so well. They were utilizing um, the paint a lot more in that game than they had pretty much all season, Uh, and I believe it was just because they were getting it, but I believe it was also because Bud was pushing it. If it's open, take it. If it's go, if there's a lane, drive it, take it, take the shot. Um, I feel like sometimes we try to force the three a little bit too much, uh, instead of letting whatever the defense is going to give you, give you, uh, and that's my wish. Um, but I think the Bucks are crushing it as it is. But that's my wish. Awesome. Anybody uh, got anything to say on that? Definitely a good wish because you got to like the the West is just stacked with teams that can shoot the three well. And even though playing in the paint could be a good change up to that, you got to make sure you have just knock down players to match them score for score. And even in the East, just with Boston, once they start knocking down threes, you got to – you can't trade threes for twos anymore. No, you can't, and that's a great point, and that's why we lost to Boston earlier in the season. But, uh, no, outside of that, it definitely seems like seems like a good wish to have. Yeah, it is. I, I think so anyway, and I hope it uh, I hope it comes true. Um, I like it. I like Giannis. I, I really wish him – uh, well, I know in in the other uh, dry run meeting that we had before, you know, we we, we started the show, uh, I talked about how I just I, I want him to succeed. I want him to take over the league, and he's only twenty four years old. So, I'm with you, Andrew. I like your bucks. Uh, it's a good wish. Appreciate the support, brother. Appreciate it. I think we can uh, bring this to the last segment of the episode. Uh, we can kind of round this out on some money notes. Pick of the week. Um, so we came up with this pod, this idea I did, and in my, all of my intelligence, uh, not realizing that NBA game lines don't get put out for the week. It's only about the first two days. So, uh, we picked a couple of games for tomorrow. Uh, we're going to, I'm going to call mine a lock of the week, but as you've heard, I have some pretty hard takes and some pretty out there takes. So you don't always have to bet with me, but I'm going Charlotte plus six and a half at the Clippers tomorrow night i think charlotte's been playing a lot of close games lately so even though they might not get the win i think it'll be decided by less than six and a half so i think this is an easy pick i think you hammer it um and kemba's gonna ball out out there so any takes on that drop them in now otherwise alex you can jump in with your pick of the week minnesota plus seven and a half at okc russell westbrook's gonna hold him back in that game right <laughs> Uh, possibly he might, he might shoot it up <laughs> for me. Got to go with Tuesday night. I'm going to say it's a guaranteed lock. You got to go with the Denver Nuggets money line over the Miami heat in Miami. I just don't see a matchup that really favors Miami. Like even if you think it's Hassan Whiteside, Jokic is just going to stretch him out and he's not going to be able to cover the three point line if he tries to. Nuggets are just going to use players like Jamal Murray to just drive inside. I don't see any way Denver finds a way to lose this game. Yeah, no, Steve, uh, good pick. Alex, um, what was the pick that you had? I think we had one more in and here, and the then we can round this out. Minnesota plus seven and a half at OKC. I think, I think, yeah, I think the Timberwolves are going to come in Boom. there, and I think they're better than the Thunder. So I I would take them. I would actually take them money line, honestly. But I'm going to go with Minnesota plus seven and a half for now. 
Yeah, I like that. I think that's a good. I think it's good to take the spread on that with the just the change in coaching staff. But I I think they are a better talented and they're playing at a pretty high level right now. So I think it's a good pick. I think Steven had a good pick. Just bet on all of ours. And when I lose, that's fine. You you hedged your bets with Alex and Stevens. So what uh, we appreciate you listening to the first episode of the Breakdown NBA podcast. It's been a lot of fun talking with these guys about everything NBA, going through our segments, giving our hot and cold takes. And uh, overall, we really just appreciate you checking out our website and uh, giving our podcast a listen. Uh, please subscribe. Please give us a follow. You can find it at the BRKDW Down Sports on Twitter, pretty much everywhere else. And that's the same thing.com. Uh, I am on Twitter as well. I throw up some tweets every once in a while. Some of them make sense. Uh, and I'm at Jakubitz. That is J A K U B I C Z. Um, and I'll let the gentlemen on the podcast plug themselves wherever they want to be seen and followed at. So, Alex, I'll pass it off to you. Uh, and then I'll do a little cheers. Find my writings on thebreakdownsports.com. Um, like I said, tomorrow I'll probably be po- uh, probably be publishing an article on the Lakers, kind of going into details of their woes since LeBron is gone. On Twitter, you can find me at Alex Snorton. That's A L X S N O R T O N on Twitter. Um, you can follow me also on Instagram, but I don't really post a lot, and I'm ugly, so don't you don't you don't have to you don't have to torture yourself. Um, <laughs> Yikes. Searching for likes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the plug god has spoken. Uh, yeah, so that's all for me. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Shout out Vol Nation. We out here. Calvin, where can they find you at? Uh, well, you guys can follow me on Twitter. I'm at a at Kel, uh, K Del Valle. Sorry, wow. I can't, can't speak. It's K Del Valle, D-E-L-V-A-L-L-E, the number 28, and then D-E-L again. It's kind of confusing, but there it is. Uh, you can find me there on Twitter. Um, kind of like Alex. I don't post a lot on Instagram, but you can also find me there. Uh, Kelvin DV and the number three. Um, but yeah, thanks guys for listening. We were planning on, on growing this thing as much as we possibly can and just talking about basketball. It's a lot of fun. So thanks guys for listening. Yeah, I think overall, uh, Steven, if you want to throw your Twitter or your any of your handles in there, drop them in now. I... I started a separate Twitter account just for the breakdown. It's uh, B-R-K-D-W-N, and then just my first name, Steven. So pretty simple, just breakdown, Steven. Everybody just go give it a follow. It's going to be mostly NBA, mixing it in with some NFL. And then as other sports start coming up, I'm we're just going to be doing all the sports. But definitely go give us that follow, you know, and it's a fun first podcast. Can't wait to do it again. Heck yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, we appreciate you all listening. Give us all a follow, and then uh, make sure you go follow the Breakdown Sports on Twitter, and then check out our page, read some of our articles, let us know your thoughts. Um, if you don't agree with us, tell us why. If you do agree with us, start a conversation. Um, that's what we're here to do. We love interacting with any readers and fans. So uh, we appreciate you listening, and uh, good luck on any bets. Hey, it's Alex from The Breakdown. We talk a lot about betting on the website and podcast, and we'd like to help you get into the action. The Breakdown is joined up with MyBookie to offer a 50% bonus when you deposit a minimum of $100. Yes, you heard that right, a 50% bonus. All you have to do is enter the promo code BREAKDOWN. That's B-R-K-D-W-N, and get your 50% bonus. Don't leave money on the table. Use the promo code BREAKDOWN to get your 50% bonus today. As always, please bet responsibly.